Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. We are in a series right now called Thank You, all about praise and worship. And I thought, hey, I lead worship here. I, I would love to, you know, talk about that. So um, here we are. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the application of worship as a weapon and worship in warfare. I've been leading worship at this church, um, LYC and Lakeshore in general, since I was 14, which may not seem like a big deal to you guys, but for me, that was nine and a half years ago. So it's, it's been a while. Um, and in my near decade of experience here and just worshiping in general my whole life, do we have any like pastors, kids? And the, hey, hey, Pastor Brandon. Um, so I'm I'm also a pastor's kid, which means growing up I went to like a lot of conferences with my parents um, back when I lived across the pond in ye old Scotland. Um, so I went to a lot of conferences and just I remember very specifically this moment um, that we went to this conference and there was this tent set up, and I was only about four or five at the time, but I just remember there being worship consistently just coming out of this tent and always wondering like what's going on in there like I want to find out because that place was bumping so um we went to this tent and everybody was just worshiping God singing really like funny like British worship songs I don't know but we were in there and I remember just seeing so much happen during worship there was a boy who was in a wheelchair all weekend and by the end of the weekend he was walking around. Um, There were people that were healed, um, whether that be like from physical or emotional duress, people were just being healed left and right. Um, And I just believe that we as Christians have the ability to use worship in our warfare, which is why I have entitled this message, Warship. Ah, thank you. If you think that's lame, you can blame Dean Copley because he came up with that one. Thanks, Dad. I love you so much. Um, yeah, so I'm going to share like a few stories with you guys tonight just about like some of the coolest stories of worship in the Bible. Um, obviously, I can't go through all of them in this one night, but we have a lot of stories that I can share with you. And these stories are just like super metal. Like you have no idea. Does anybody like metal music? Love the side of the room over here. Everybody's like, yeah, I love metal music. I like metal. Metal's great. There's only like, I listen to all kinds of music. There's one genre of music that I will not listen to. Can anybody guess what that music is? Look how you all know so well. We can all agree. Okay, Brandon. So is John Mayer. Um, and so, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, these, okay, these stories are just totally metal. We're going to completely move on from this, but... If you could open your Bibles to Second Chronicles, that is back in ye Old Testament. Um, so we're going to go to Second Chronicles, and while we do that, I'm just going to take this opportunity to pray again, um, and then we're going to get into it. So, Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come and gather in your presence, Lord. We know that your word says that where two or more are gathered, surely you are here with them. And you are here in this place tonight, God. You're going to do incredible things. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. 
All right, so Second Chronicles. If I can open Google, I will read that for you. So Second Chronicles, just for some context here, we're talking about King Jehoshaphat. If you're, you know, well, I was about to say if you're American, I'm pretty sure that's all of you. You would say Jehoshaphat, um, but then you'd be wrong. So it's Jehoshaphat, and King Jehoshaphat is, at the time, um, king of the Hebrew tribe of Judah, which is south of Israel and home to Jerusalem at the time of his reign. So he's freaking out because uh, the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Meunites and a whole lot of guys like have pulled up on him and they're going to declare war. And he's kind of anxious because last time he was in a war, he didn't do so great. So he's like, Jesus, well, oh my gosh, it's Old Testament. God, I'm freaking out, you know? So that's a lot of people to be fighting. So what does he do? You know, he falls on his face before God. And verse 3 says this right here. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Do you have that person in your life that like when they're struggling, like it's got to be everybody's struggle. Like they're going through it. Like you got to go through it too. He's not eating. Nobody's eating. Like nobody gets the chance. And so this, this isn't really that situation. You know, this is a time, come on guys, get with it. If friends struggling, rally around them. But this is one of those situations where all the people um, of Judah came to Jerusalem um, and partnered with him. And it says in verse four, which isn't up there, don't worry. Verse four goes on to say, so people from all towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So they did. The king said, I am freaking out, you guys. And they're like, don't worry, we got you. So they pulled up. And that's the best thing to do when someone is struggling, you know, rally around them, surround them with praise be to God. So um, 20 verse 9 says, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And that's true in any situation. God hears you. You can cry out to God and he'll save you. And all the people together, can you imagine just being in this temple with everybody from your entire tribe, just praising God, asking God for help, crying out to God, knowing that God is going to help them? So we know here that the king is before the king of kings, just surrounded by a multitude, um, praising and asking God for guidance. And I said it earlier, but we all know that where two or more are gathered for his purpose, surely the Lord is there with them. So whether you like it or not, God's here tonight. Because I know that there's at least two of us here um, that are here for his purpose. And so the Lord is there, and suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men who was there. And this is where we'll really begin to read. Um, we're going to read 13 through 22, and this is what it says. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. How many times have you heard that, like as a Christian, where someone's like, let go, let God, man. 
Just let go and let God. The battle's not yours. It's God's. And you're like, okay, but like practically, how do I let go? So we're going to talk a little bit about that instead of just me saying like, so just let go. That's, that's my message. Let go. And you're like, wow, thanks. Didn't think about doing that one. But yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But for now, we're going to move on. Uh, verse 16. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz. Somebody say Ziz. <laughs> Ziz. Okay. Anyways, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem and LYC. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clan of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Speaking of very loud shouts, it's very funny when I'm up here and I'm playing keys and I'm like, how you guys doing? And then Tiffany's like, woo! And the rest of you are like... <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how you guys doing? And then someone else is like, woo! You know, it's great. These people are so overcome in the Lord's presence, that they lift up a shout of joy to him. I'm not asking you to lift up a shout because I like to hear you guys shout. It's about the joy of the Lord and being able to declare that publicly. It's not just like, yeah, because sometimes I'll be up here, how you guys doing? And somebody's like, yeah. And you're like, I'm actually not doing so great. Didn't have a good week. Don't really feel like being like, woo, right now, you know? But... We have the privilege and the opportunity to bring that to the Lord, and we're going to continue and, and talk about that a bit more. In verse 20, it says, Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped them and said, Listen to me. He's giving them a little pep talk right here, and he's like, All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, this is the best part right here, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to turn against each other and fight amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir, and after all, none of their enemies had escaped. So we need to put worship at the front line of our battle. We can read this story and we see that King Jehoshaphat is anxious and he's worried, but what we really need to take away from this is that he stood firm, believing that God was going to do something incredible. And instead of being like, oh God, <laughs> we have to fight tomorrow. They stood firm and they sang, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. How different would our situation be if every attack from the enemy, we met it with praise to God instead because the enemy is trying to come up against you and you're saying, give thanks to the Lord. 
give thanks to God? I've been in some situations where I haven't exactly been like, thanks, man. (laughs) This is really great. Thanks. Sometimes you just have to address, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. But that's okay. That's neither here or there. We give thanks to God because God is still good. Regardless of our circumstance, God is still good. We're not just singing and rejoicing. We're fighting in a battle. And the thing about fighting wars, it's really hard. (laughs) It's not easy. And it isn't, it's not always easy to sing about how free you are when you feel really bound up. Because I can be up here, you know, playing the keys and I'm like, and I sing because you are good and I dance because, and you guys are all just like, I don't know. Situationally, I'm not doing so well. I don't feel so good right now. I don't really feel like worshiping. So what do we do when we don't feel like worshiping? Because transparently, vulnerably, I don't always feel like standing up there and having a lot of you guys like stare at me and me just be like, yay, you know? I don't always feel like that, but I know that worship is more than a feeling. Worship is so much more than a feeling. It's about pushing past what you feel temporarily to tap into the eternal of what God has for you. Not ignoring how you feel. I'm not asking you to be like, well, this isn't happening in my life because it is. And that's okay. And there's some things that you guys are going through that I may never understand. And I'm so sorry, there's, you know, I'm not gonna tell you that, oh, you're young. You have it so easy. When you're old like me, you'll understand like what hard is. Like that's not, that's not true. There are so many things that you guys are going through that I may never experience. And I get that that's hard and I'm so sorry. But worship is so much more than just being like, I don't feel like it. Well, I'm really tired. My mom dropped me off and like, don't I wanna like be here right now? Like, I wanna sit. When do we get to sit? Like, there's so many things that, that the enemy wants to bring about that will hold you back from the freedom that is worshiping the Lord. You may feel, oh, I'm not good enough. Or like, I did this thing, so I can't praise God right now because I'm not, I'm not in the right place or whatever. My imperfect praise, you know, great. God loves your imperfect praise because the Lord's perfect project can be accomplished in your imperfect effort. And so instead of saying, like, I just can't do that right now. I'm not in a good place. It's like, good. The Lord can meet you there. Whether you're in the best place of your life right now or you feel like you are in the darkest part of your life, God will meet you there and God will show up exactly where you are. Whether you're having the best time of your life or the worst time of your life, God can meet you right there. We just have to acknowledge that it's about pushing past what we're feeling internally to give external praise and adoration to the one who's always worthy. I've been through some things, (laughs) but I know that God is good, and I know that the plans and the purposes that he has for me are to prosper me and not to harm me, and God is good in all things, and our temporary problem 
does not impact the eternal goodness of God, but his eternal goodness sure can fix your temporary problem. Yeah, come on, somebody. Amen? Thank you. Gosh, victory is the fruit of our worship to God. So in situations where you're like, man, I really don't want to praise God right now because things are really hard. God sees that. God knows. God understands. And saying, Lord, I'm in a, I'm in a war right now. Or maybe your king is in a war. <laughs> your friend is in a war. And you understand we're in a war right now. But all I have to do is stand still and praise you because you're worthy. And so we do. Because our worship has power. And this is a note that I wrote up here. Um, should be up there. But our worship has power, not because of what our worship is for, but because of who our worship is to. We don't worship God because we want something. <laughs> we don't worship God because of what he can do for us. We worship God because he's great and he's greatly to be praised. We worship God because he is so good. And these people, Jehoshaphat's army, they didn't fight so they could win the war. They sang because God is worthy and God won their war for them. The goal of our worship is to glorify God. So we glorify God with our praise. And we know that our worship has power. Because if we go back to verse 22, it says that at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to start fighting amongst themselves. At the very moment. Because God is moving in your worship your worship is so important to God, not because he made you, because he's like, man, I'm really lonely up here in heaven. I would love to be praised right now. I'm going to make people so they can worship me because I just need someone to like acknowledge all these things that I've done. No, <laughs> no. We get to share in creation with God. God made you to share with you. And God shares worship with you. God is singing over you. Why would we not want to return praise to the Lord? God is so worthy of our praise. And God is moving in our praise. Don't worship God because you want your war won. Worship God because he's good and he will win your war. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's so good. And he'll win your war. <laughs> praise him continually in spirit and in truth. I said earlier, um, maybe you know, you're in the best place of your life. But did you know that your worship has the ability to set captives free? It doesn't just have to be, oh gosh, well, I'm going through this thing, Lord. It could be, my family's really struggling right now. I have a sibling. I have a close friend who's really struggling right now. But Lord, I know that you're good. And I know that you're holy. And I know that you're winning our war. Brandon spoke about it briefly last week, but we're going to read Acts 16 again. So you can flip in your Bible to Acts 16, and I'm just going to read a few verses from there. But starting with verse 20, it says this. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. These are the Romans um, taking Paul and Silas basically putting them in prison because they called a woman obnoxious, but that's neither here nor there. So 
And they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, the gulag, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Some historians agree that they were actually even waist deep in poop. Um, so that's not a fun place to be. But regardless, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Talk about singing freedom songs when you're bound up. These guys wrote the hymnal, but suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Just like in the very moment they began to sing and give praise. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And the jailer called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. I'll skip down to verse 34 here, if that's okay. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So we see that story and, and a lot of the time we focus on, oh my gosh, they praised and the prison doors flew open, there was a giant earthquake and everyone was set free but they stayed in the prison, which is the very question that I have is, why did Paul and Silas stay? Because we hear, oh, the prison doors flew open. If, if, I, was in, if I was in prison <laughs> and the doors flew open, I'd be gone. Why, did, why would Paul and Silas stay in their cell full of open doors? And I'd say, Paul and Silas weren't worshiping so that they could escape. They were worshiping God because he's good. And I would propose that Paul and Silas were already free long before those prison doors were opened. And that jailer was bound up. And he didn't even know it. Guarding this prison, he'd be like, I'm free indeed. <laughs> not even realizing that, that these men in the, in the prison cell, waist deep in some poopoo caca, were doing so fine, praising God, God is good, glory be to God, I am free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. <laughs> and they're in a prison cell. And if we can go back to verse 27... And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And I don't want to just gloss past that. Because maybe some of you have been in that situation before. I'm under the impression that someone may even be struggling with that right now. 
and those thoughts, maybe even those actions. And in that situation, it's really up to us to rally around our people and surround them with praise. That jailer didn't even realize. And then he, he came before them and said, what must I do to be saved? Did you know that people can see the power of God moving in you and through you when you're worshiping? People see that. They see God on you. And we have a responsibility. It's so much more than just let go and let God. And you're like, okay. I let go. (laughs) It's more than that. Letting go. Sure, we fully surrender to the Lord, but we fully surrender our praise to him. And say, Lord, I'm in this situation right now, but I know that you're good. And I know that you work all things together for my good. And we have a responsibility as Christians to surround each other with praise. Sometimes our worship, like King Jehoshaphat's situation, is to slay the enemy. Sometimes our worship can save the enemy. And we know three things about worship. Number one, (laughs) worship is a weapon. You have power. You have power in situations where you feel bound up to sing about how free you are. Because we can say to the enemy, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It's the difference between the fact and the truth. The fact is you're really struggling right now. That's a fact. If that's your fact, I'm really sorry. You're really struggling right now. The truth is that God can set you free from that. And God will set you free. And we surrender our worship. Maybe you're in the other situation where you're doing really well, but you know someone who isn't doing well. Surround them with worship. Surround them with worship. We know that God has so much power, not because of what our worship is for, but because of who our worship is to. And God is so good. Point number two, worship wins wars. And we have the evidence of that right here. (laughs) That worship is winning wars. Because God is so good. God is great and greatly to be praised. And he asked the people to just stay still. And they did stay still. And they chose to praise him. When God is asking you to stand still in a situation, you have the power to praise God in any circumstance. Point number three, worship sets the captives free. Maybe there's something that's holding you captive. Your thoughts, you know, not feeling good enough, not feeling well enough. (laughs) We've got all these reasons why we wouldn't worship God. And And I stand up here and, Ari leads worship on a Sunday and she's just, you know, worshiping the Lord and gets this. Bunch of NPCs just... 
I'll be hard pressed to find that you guys look at Ari the way you guys looked at me on Sunday. Oh my gosh, I was shocked. I had the privilege and the opportunity to come down here and lead worship for you guys. And I was like, hey. And I mean, some of you were like, hey. And some people just. And I was like, what? what? (laughs) It's a privilege that we have to be able to worship God here in this place. Do you understand what's going on in other countries right now? Underground churches. Can you guys imagine if, I'm sort of technically like underground, I guess. Can you imagine if we were actually underground right now? Heard this story about a man who had to lead worship in whispers because they didn't want people to hear them and take them away. Can you imagine that? I'm up here and I'm like, and I sing because you are good. And I... But a room full of people that are praising God and worshiping God because of how desperately they long for that. And they're worshiping in spirit and in truth. You don't have to be a good singer. You don't have to be a good dancer. God loves your praise because of how he gets to share this joy with us of being in a relationship with our creator. He's singing over you and we get to sing back because God is so holy, so worthy of our praise. God is so good. God is so worthy in every situation we can praise and give thanks to God in every moment. You may say, no, you don't understand. I've got this thing going on. Great, let us pray for you. During worship, find a leader. Get prayer. The Bible says that you can confess to one another so you may be healed. And God is healing and God is moving, but we have to put in the effort of praising him because he's worthy of our praise. Not any of this. Do you want to get Taco Bell after this? Dude, that sounds so good. Let's absolutely do that. Cool. We just have to, gotta wait for her to stop. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Hey, did you see that meme? Dude, hold on. I'll show you. I'll send it to you right now. We have an opportunity to fight our battles. Worship is not just this moment where I, where I open service and we open service with song and we get you guys hyped for the message, you know. Worship is, is a sacrifice of praise. We have a privilege and an opportunity to worship God in any circumstance. Whether you're fighting for a battle that you're going through right now, you're fighting for a friend, you're fighting for a family member, God is good. God is worthy of our praise all the time. So, I mean, gosh. (laughs) God is so good. God is so worthy. So, I guess I'll transition here. This is so interesting. Kimberly, can you come and play it behind me? Yeah, sure, I can, no problem. But as we come to the Lord with worship, it doesn't matter what battle you're trying to fight right now because God is so good. 
God is so good and so great. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.